a lot of women have like this, you know, self-doubts. Just, you know, just be yourself. Like you're a girl, act like a girl. Welcome back to this new episode. I hope you had a good New Year's, happy Christmas, and that you got nice presents. This was Karin Gutzwiller-Schreier. She said, when people love what they do, it's not work, it's just what they do. She started Animasul out as a side project while working full-time in IT sales for HP, the computer company. The platform brings Latin American brands with a story and an impact to European consumers and the products can be found on the startup's webshop or in one of the many pop-up stores around Switzerland. In this episode you'll learn how Karin managed to go from IT saleswoman to fashion entrepreneur, how she got her first customers and launched with a bang, why you shouldn't underestimate the power of influencers, how the government can help you out for free, why building a startup with a social impact is important, why it's important to do what you love and what Karin would do differently looking back. I am super excited to start the year 2019 with this amazing interview. Have fun and enjoy. Karin, welcome to our <laughs> podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Yes, thank you. Let us jump right in. It's a super exciting startup. We've checked it out. Can you tell a little bit about yourself and the startup? What mm -hmm. What do you do and what's the story behind it? Okay, um, so we are Ani Masul. It's me and my brother who's actually more like a freelancer and a co-founder, but um, so we started Animasul is a platform for Latin American brands with a, a story and, and an impact. Um, and we, so we just, we're looking for those brands in Latin America that have something very special, that are maintaining a technique, a craftsmanship, or there are women, uh, like the impact is ranging really from women empowerment to poverty alleviation, um, to inclusive brands. Um, so it's, it's really a, a wide range. And we want to find those um, brands that have a story to tell. And um, right now we're working with brands from Mexico, Guatemala, mostly because I'm from Guatemala, um, and um, Peru, Colombia, El Salvador. So we're really looking around. I just came back from a trip from Mexico where we're very excited for spring and summer next year. Um, just finding, you know, that's those unique stories and, and brands. So it's. Uh, it's more than fashion, it's, it's really kind of a, a story and, mm -hmm. and, and bringing Latin American craftsmanship and design and, and uh, love for detail and colors and textures um, to the European market. And uh, we started here in Zurich. And right now Switzerland is our main market. So we are traveling right now <laughs> all across <laughs> Switzerland from, I just came back from Geneva, where we're doing pop-ups uh, because we're online, right? So this is uh, our main thing uh, we're a platform uh, an online e-commerce platform uh, where we portrait the brands and we sell the stories through instagram our newsletter um, or through pop-ups uh, but we created the pop-ups because we realized that people want to touch the things they want to see them they want to try them on it's a bit different um, so yeah. yeah so this is uh, basically what we're doing and uh, we started this year in March actually started cool. um, doing a trip to back to Guatemala I was visiting my parents and um, we've been playing with this idea with my brother for a long long time to you know to do something from Latin America and I I did some research on sustainable fashion when I was at university and um, so I did one on uh, consumer behavior towards uh, organic cotton and um, and then one, the second one on uh, financing of ethical fashion brands on how they can attract you know, business angels and VCs and uh, but I w I'm not a designer I studied business and marketing so I um, it was really really hard to find a job back then it was eight years ago to find a job in the fashion industry mm. in the sustainable fashion industry because I didn't have a, ba a fashion background I didn't have uh, an experience in fashion so I had marketing jobs or finance jobs and stuff like that so yeah. um, it was a bit difficult and uh, I really tried, but all the companies are like us at the moment. So one to two, two people, um, they couldn't find us, of course. And I just finished university. Um, so I went into IT, but the whole like sustainable fashion and it, it has really developed yeah. over the years. And, um, and I realized like there's so many brands like popping up in, in Latin America and they're very, very innovative and um, they, they have very interesting business models. So not just you know creating really cool design, but also creating um, a social impact in their communities. Um, and then, 
yeah, and then what I do was I, I did sales in IT for you know, seven years more or less and consulting. And uh, so I thought, okay, this is what I can do. And um, so I decided to provide them a platform where they can sell their things um, through our platform. And um, we help them grow. Um, some of them are already very developed, but some are really new. Um, so we're taking the ones that are that are ready to export. So we some we help you know export and how you have to handle everything, and and with others a bit different. So it's it's a a, a really interesting range of people that mm. we're working with. And um, yes, and now uh, creating the market here, and um, it, we launched in June the platform so we went live on the 9th of june so from march until 9th i was working non-stop on the home page and my brother was my, my brother's a graphic designer um so i have two brothers that were actually working both with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're three um i'm the youngest and my brother the oldest uh, christian he's a graphic designer and um he is um, focused so he, he's a specialist in branding so he did P, uh, advertisement and, and branding so he's the one doing, you know, the the whole graphic concept that we have uh, and our logo and uh, so it was it was a really cool process to do this with with him. I, I could have done it with, without him because yeah. uh, that would have been an elementary part <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. in the startup. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned you you were in sales and, and IT for seven eight years. Yes. Yeah. How do you how did you? It's it's not fashion. How did you yeah. manage the shift <laughs> to fashion? What what did that look like for you yeah. concretely? You know when you decide, okay, I, I quit my job, and how how did that look like? Well, I, I mean, I was already um, when I was at university. I, I I knew I had to write my thesis, um, and uh, I went to Sangan, and um, I had um, I was in the like in the um, institute for ecology and. I don't remember the second part, but it's ecology. So, mm. and I, I met my professor, and I told him I, I love everything you know to do with sustainability. And being from Latin America, you're very aware of the social problems that they are, right? I lived 18 years in Guatemala. I came to Switzerland to study, so I was very young and wanted to change the world. And, well, you and still want to change. I want to still. So, but, but then back then I said like I don't want to write a paper on something like I'm going to be doing this for a year. I want to do something that a bit meaningful and. Um, and with Latin America it was a bit difficult because I, you know, back then uh, I didn't, you know, my friends were not working and they were all studying, so I didn't have, you know, the big connections still, like maybe for my parents, but still, like I, I wanted to do something, you know, with impact, and um, and then I, I told them, yeah, what should I do? And he's like, put pick a topic you like, and I'm not like the fashionista, like I. You know, I'm super basic. I love colors, I love things, but I'm not like, you know, the fashion icon, whatever. But I always loved, you know, textiles. My mom, you can see it in my apartment. <laughs> my, yeah, there's many different, yes. different <laughs> kinds of textiles. Yeah, we so love cool. to travel. And, and my mom is an archaeologist. And um, my uh, she collects vintage repeals. We are like Guatemalan um, blouses. I can show you a pic mm. book mm -hmm. afterwards. And um, so I grew up with textiles, you know, and a lot of colors and traveling around Guatemala and Mexico. And so I was always in kind of the fashion, no, not the fashion, but the craftsmanship part of it. So when I was looking for a topic at university to, to do that, I, I realized like, okay, it's something with textiles and then organic cotton was booming. Like the Natura Plan was doing, you know, organic cotton and people were becoming a little bit more aware, you know, not the food, but also the clothes matter. And then, um, so I, I picked up organic cotton and I started doing that uh, for, for my thesis. And then, of course, I met a lot of designers through that, like Vijad back then, that are like, they sold out because Meghan Markle used their sneakers. Um, we're like a small startup from France. And um, so it was like this, all these small firms. And I, 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 I met them through my research and a, a PhD um, a student that, that was helping me with that. And, uh, and then we realized, okay, the biggest challenge that they have is not, you know, uh, being Natura Plan. Okay, they, they're going to be fine, you know, they're going to do their towels and basic stuff and they're going to be fine because they're cool. But what happens with all the super cool designers that are really doing nice things but have no money and have no access to financing. And then mm. my second study was then about uh, when I was doing my master's, I was doing the marketing and then... Uh, I did financing for, for, for those uh, startups. So mm. I was already in that routine and then yeah, I wanted okay. to work there, but I didn't, I didn't find anything that, where I could live off and I wanted mm -hmm. to stay in Zurich. Um, so 
So how do you manage? <laughs> how do you manage to go from that job, paying job to? Those are, yeah, yeah, to, to, to HP. So I went to HP because I wanted something, you know, fast changing. Um, AT is super fast, and mm. uh, I, I worked in um, for for HP for for um, seven years, and I loved it. It was really cool time. But I was always well. First of all, it's a very very demanding job if you're in sales for seven years. So I, I started as a graduate, I went on through inside sales, and then went to field sales, and um, I was dealing with big retailers, Swiss Television. So it was um, global sales. It was it was super super exciting. Um, but I was. And, and, and HP is very, very good in the social uh, responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the factors when I decided what job I was going to. So, okay, I didn't make it in this. I wanted to go into IT. And I was doing a lot of... Um, so they have a, a corporation um, with Kiva. I don't know if you know Kiva. They do a platform for microcredits. Mm -hmm. So I was the ambassador for Kiva in that, um, in HP, uh, for my country. So I it's it was like, um, yeah, you have different ambassadors in every country pushing that program. Because the HP Foundation would give uh, ten dollars or yeah, ten dollars per person um, that you could that you could find out all the micro credit um, uh, micro entrepreneurs that uh, actually wanted some, to get some money. Mm. You could scan them through country, education, whatever um, you wanted, and then you could de decide who you would give your loan to. Mm. And then um, so I was doing that, and I realized like okay, I mean this is super cool. I, I get to do this. I a past part of my job, job but yeah. I would love is this something that I could do and then I was working with the women um, women network and uh, so all these topics were always kind of recurring yeah. um, and then this year my brother got sick um, he had cancer with 41 okay. and uh, so it was a big and I was super super tired from from work I was uh, it's yeah it was a lot of pressure you know like tenders and big and I went home and I was like seriously super tired. Like it was before my brother got sick. So um, I don't know. It's just like I was there and I just realized like, okay. And I went to the market one day with my mom and I just realized like, this is what I love. You know, like I love IT and I love my job, but I love this, you know, the textiles, telling the story, where is this coming from? And then I just started like brainstorming with my, with my, with my, with my husband and my, my, my brother, like, well, what could we do and then we started like thinking and then that funniest thing happened like my niece um she was um born two and a half years ago and uh, she had down syndrome so it was a bit like hit for a family at the beginning you know and then there's like this designer who i actually represent and i'm really proud to be representing her who's called uh, isabella Spuingmull, and she is from guatemala and she's 22 years old and um her mom has a foundation that she started when she was born for helping people that like in Guatemala that they don't have a, a lot of resources that they get you know a lot of um, support so that these kids develop and um, and she started this brand like this brand because um, yeah she started sewing things actually one of this question is from her um, oh, very beautiful. thank you so she started using whippies like vintage whippies and like doing fashion things so, so this is a, a cushion but normally she does like really cool um, clothes, clothes yeah. and my niece modeled for her in November and so my family knows her now, you know, and then her, like, Isabella, who's a designer, 22, and her mom, especially, who's like the driving force as well. Mm. And I call my, my sister-in-law that lives in New York, but I've been in Guatemala for the, for the fashion show, and I called her and I told her, you know, I've been thinking about doing this platform for Latin American design brands, and I mean, Isabella would fit perfectly. I, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. I knew I wanted to bring things and, and do something online. Yeah. And then I told her, but you know, it has to have, you know, you know me, it has to have an impact, it has to be social, or it has to be something special, yeah. and Isabella would be perfect for that. And uh, and then she's like, well, yeah, good, call, call her mom. And then I called her, and I was at the beach, I remember I was with my parents on the beach, and uh, I was recovering from like a really bad cold, and, and I called her and uh, told her that I was thinking about this, and she said, you know, it's super funny, actually, we were looking to expand because she was in London for the London Fashion Week and was like voted for the BBC 100. So a lot of people um, know her, but she's in Guatemala. So she they export to a little bit to the US, but they were looking for someone in Europe. And then just like that, two days later, I was with her atelier. She wasn't even there because she was getting a prize somewhere and I was like taking a bath, but like a huge suitcase full of stuff. Yeah. 
And that's how it started. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then cool. I came awesome here. Story, yeah. yeah, it's very really funny. I, I actually, it's crazy that it's only been a couple of months. It feels yeah. like ages ago. And then I came here and then I told my husband, like, okay, so we're doing this. And my brother was like, okay. And then we started brainstorming names and concepts. And yeah, and I had a lot of help. I had a lot of help from cool. right friends. And, and when did you decide to quit the job? Well, I did it on this. So on the side and then I did it a little bit it was it was supposed to be a, a hobby not a hobby but it's supposed, supposed I, I needed some meaning you know I needed mm -hmm. some meaning so I thought okay, a side project with it's going to be yeah. a side project so my brother and I who he's a freelancer so he has a lot more time and and he was super excited you know so well, not more time I thought so I thought so <laughs> when I was uh, working yeah. at HP yeah, he has, he's at home you know he has, he has time He's watching TV now I know that that's such a lie. Like I travel more now than before. But uh, no, I was uh, no. So he said like, okay, we'll you know we kind of do it together. And then I I told my boss. I had already told my boss who was really really good um, that I was very tired. That um, the the pressure was really getting to me because I was working. I mean, I had a it was a tough year. Like I had a really cool job and I had a cool team and everything. But uh, I had like I don't know ten tenders in like a year. Mm. And besides your daily job, and I had like a lot of customers, and the tenders just take so much time out of you because um, What's a, tender? a tender is where they um, an Ausschreibung, so they they send their um, requirements out like big companies uh, mm. or first television, for example. Like we won, like luckily before I left, um, and then they send the requirements like we need for the next three four years we need a. Uh, thousand or five hundred PCs, notebooks, whatever, yeah, and then you have to to, yeah. to offer yeah. uh, it's an RFQ. Yeah. And then you send your tender, like you send your offering and then you compete against the other. Yeah. So it. it's normally that one, um, the Apple, yeah. the Chinese, <laughs> the other the American and HP. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I was doing that and I was very tired. So it was a side project. It wasn't going to be my life. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and then what we realized that there's more job like work to that than we yeah. expected. And then my brother got sick. Uh, it was around that time, so I think it was April. But we didn't know like it was. Um, mm. So it was like without stress, I took some time off. I went at home, and and he was recovering. He had an operation, so we we were like two weeks at home, and then we, my parents weren't here. His girlfriend lives in Mexico, so it was just the two of us, and it was very very stressful. Like. Um, and then so we were two weeks like recovering both because I was so stressed and he was sick. So we were like, you know, brainstorming and and then we came to the name eventually and then uh, starting like the concept and because he's in branding. So he's very good at, you know, taking me there because I studied marketing, but I never worked in marketing. So. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and I just, I don't know, I started, you know, I started telling people and uh, I started looking, you know, the, I was like, I was out of financing everything because I had my job and then everything that came went into my job, you know, like yeah. Tony Masul. And then, um, yeah, and I started getting bigger and bigger, like, you know, the project. And I realized, okay, you cannot just sell jewelry here. You have to do like a responsibility mark and you have to import and you have to register. And, and you know, it was, a, it was a bit like, yeah, maybe we were, we were not, you know, maybe we were not so aware like of all the implications, yeah. but then it just started happening and I needed more time. And then, and then I, I told my boss, of course, because I had to tell them. Um, and then he's like, okay, yeah, it's a cool project, right? So yeah, do it. And I reduced to 80% in HP, thinking that like that they would give me time. Mm. But I realized like it's it's a lie. Like 80 per But for me, it's a lie because 80% means you work only 100% instead of 150. Yeah. And then you work so much for that day, then in the end you're so tired that you don't have time for everything. I think that's a good point to... to <laughs> To really remember, <laughs> if you think you can go eighty yeah. percent, the company's still gonna want those results. Yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna work more on those four days. It depends, I think, on the job, but in sales, the like it's impossible to tell your customers like you're not there for a, a day because yeah. it, on that day so many things happen, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and if you're not tender, so it's. I mean, I realized like okay, I wanted, I needed some time for myself, and for me, Animasu was that you know the driving force to. It, because I could work evenings and I, I wouldn't be tired. Like it was just because, and still now, you know, I work at probably as much as I used to, but it's different. It's like, I have my passion and it's yeah. my thing. And, and it's for me and it's for, you know, for, for us. And it's, it's a really, it's a really different. So I reduced and then eventually I had to realize that this didn't work. And, um, 
and then I, you know, I was thinking like, okay, you know, I have a really good job and I have a good salary and we travel and, and we know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, whoa, am I really so, going to do this? Yeah. And then my brother got really, really sick. So he had cancer. So I just realized like, you know, life is too short. And then, you know, I asked my husband because of course he's still working. And, um, and I told him like, you know, you know, I really want to do this. And I was always in the startup scene and I, before and I, I just really wanted to do it and he said you're like you're gonna you're gonna be fine and then a couple of friends went through the same process this year I don't know like 2018 has been a year of change <laughs> and then they a friend told me like what's the worst like two friends actually told me and girls actually like they had really good jobs and they said what's the worst that can happen like the worst that you, that happens is that you learn a lot and you have nothing to lose because yes you have a great job but you could always go back and uh, or somewhere else um no one's gonna take that from you and the experience you're gonna take as an entrepreneur is never ever every company company is going to give you that and then yeah and then i made the decision in june that i i couldn't do both i if i wanted this to succeed i had to make a, a sacrifice so i quit and uh it took a lot of uh courage and uh, it was very difficult i love my team i used to love my company um and, but I was really tired. I was, I was really tired and I think it was a decision for me also, you know, for my family, for me. And then I thought I was going to have more time and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, I just, yeah, the thing, the company started going, growing and, um, I mean, it's not that it's, we're super booming because we we're online, so we need to get traction. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest challenge, I guess. Yeah, that's actually maybe a good point yeah, to yeah, go I to the next part, right? To, <laughs> you have to stop it. That's like, probably a very good point to jump to the next. Yeah. Chapter. Yes, very good yeah. point. I was um, thinking about that. Yeah. So you just kind of started with like you need traction, right? Yes. And uh, I mean, we talked before a little bit about how you got your first supplier, kind of, or yeah. your first first um, products. Um, but how did you manage to get your first customers? Well, um, I the, we went online on the 9th of June, and we did a big event uh, because, of course, I we also I told them all my friends, and everyone's like, "Oh, how cool!" You know, like show me the stuff. Because like people want to see it, yeah. and I saw them in pictures, but it's not the same. And then I realized like, okay, we need, you know, we need like a big bank, like because mm -hmm. we're going online, and it's just like one day I'm gonna sit in my couch and I'm like, okay, we're nice life. Well, yeah, um, nothing happens. Nothing, yeah, and then I mean, I live in Zurich uh, for 15 years. What well, so I'm in Zurich, and I, I and we know a lot of people, and then and I have a lot of uh, Latin American community, but a lot of Swiss friends as well that like, like, the, like the story. And then I said, okay, let's do a big party. And, um, and maybe that's one of the keys that we've been doing, collaboration with others, mm. brands or entrepreneurs. So we, one of my friends knows Manuel, who's like, the, um, he started um, an online shop actually for, for, for um, rum from, Latin, from Cuba and cigars. And uh, he has a very cool bar in Löwenstraße. And we asked him, like, you know, it fit pe perfectly because we had, like, you know, you have the you have the coffee, the bar and the coffee shop, and then you have the coffee, which is mostly from Latin America, and you have the rum, which is always from Latin America. So it's a Cuban kind of style. And we asked him, like, you know, we're going to do our launch, could we do it here? And he said yes. And so we had around 60 people for a launch. So it was mostly friends and family. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want, you know, I, I was super nervous. I, I thought like maybe maybe 10 people were coming. Yeah. And then like when there were 60, I was like overwhelmed and they were super happy at the bar. <laughs> um, and then we, we did it like, we did, you know, I, I love doing events and hosting people and parties and stuff. So <laughs> it was, it was for me, that was like, it was just, yeah, no, but it was just, of course, I was working on the homepage, but then we, you know, I was in London with a couple of friends and we started like brainstorming and uh, like, you know, we could do like a couple of drinks with this and then you put the coffee next to the stuff and then, yeah, and then finding new suppliers because I couldn't have one, right? Um, so because it's a platform, it's not one <laughs> representation. So through her, like through Isabella, uh, I got um, this jewelry brand I'm wearing, um, Wakami, which is an amazing brand that I love uh, with women empowerment. And just like having two or three key brands, like the others followed because they were, okay, if you're working with her and they trust you, like I give you my brand. Mm -hmm. So, I, and then we have five brands already uh, from really cool, really, like really, really cool, mostly one of my one, but uh, I call them in. But um, it was a start. And then we had them display there in a party. Um, and people could look at them and buy them online. Yeah. 
uh, we didn't take orders in that day, which was probably a bit of, of, of a mistake. <laughs> no. uh, but I wasn't ready. Like I was, I didn't even know that sum up existed, you know. And mm -hmm. um, so I had the the, the store live, and uh, and then people could go online and, and order things. They could touch them there and then order. Um, and then I realized, okay, and yeah, at the beginning it was just friends and family, and then if people like the story, they kind of start telling people, and then that's how like we get new sales. And then um, now I try to go as to many as events as I can, um, be out there. Um, yeah. Now we organize pop ups. Um, I go to every event that I could present any Masul, and uh, I just went to Latin American Fashion Summit, which is amazing, and Playa Carmen, it was really really great. Um, to meet other, you know, to get into the industry because, <clears throat> sorry, um, I'm not from the industry, so um, I need to get in touch with that. Um, mm. So it was a pl perfect platform for me. Mm. And uh, I learned a lot of people, I learned, like, I knew, I met a lot of people, uh, really cool designers I'm going to start working with. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's been it. Uh, it's been crazy a couple of months. I thought I was going to take some time off after my super busy job and then like take it easy. Uh, but apparently I can't do that. So yeah, it's, uh, that doesn't work. Doesn't that's work. And I'm uh, yeah, but that, now my brother is helping out. And I always had the help from Annie, who is um, a girl from, um, from Berlin. Um, so she's working with us. Um, doing the content, you know, like helping me get ready for the 9th of June. So because I realized like I couldn't manage with my job and everything mm. and then um, Christian was like my brother was looking after the, the whole design part and like the home picture looked nice the pictures and stuff and uh, And Annie was helping with the content and uh, she's still working with us um, And uh, it's really cool because I you know, it's, it's a bit of a team. I'm, I'm not such a lonely wolf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now my other brother just joined which is really cool. Uh, he's uh, he has a background in hotel um, as a um, marketing for hotels. Yeah. Online marketing, so he's hopefully taking us to the next level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 were wondering. We we interviewed another um, startup yeah. uh, that sells uh, clothes online, also on a webshop yes. in Copenhagen, uh, with one hundred percent sustainable cotton. Oh, cool. Um, and. He told me, the founder told me, yeah, they're doing a lot of Instagram and yeah. trying to get the brand out there. They only have one brand. You have several mm -hmm. brands. Yes. How, how, what's your best channel to acquire customers right now? And what are you trying to do? I mean, you have, you can't really promote one brand. It's many different brands. Yes. So how does that so work for you? We what choose brands that already have a little bit of, um, of um, track record because it helps us with the advertisement. Um, so they already have to have nice pictures. Like, I mean, not like it could be just like one person, but you know, like they already have to have a little bit of um, um, content at the moment. And this is one of the things that we have to do next year. But at the moment, we're using the content of the brands. So yeah. because creating content, and this is something I super underestimated, and this is why we're working with a lot of bloggers. It takes a lot of time, especially if you're not into that. Like I, I was doing a travel blog so I, my husband photographed and I wrote a little bit but I didn't like photograph my food or you know so yeah. it's, it's in my f I was the model at the beginning so I, <laughs> so then I had to like you know put my hand and then like the earring uh, and it just takes a lot of time so mm -hmm. um we we do that mostly over Instagram yeah um but people on Instagram yes they see the things and if like a blogger that they love wears it they're probably gonna buy it eventually but that's like one one uh, target group. Mm. But um, the pop-ups actually, because really, really, uh, like our initial target group is not the one that buys the most. <laughs> what's your what's your what are your different target groups? We we had firstly we thought that we're going to be doing twenty five to forty, uh, which is like the age that we are in. So I thought you know, straight out of uni, you start working, you have a little money, you're more aware, you know, like. The, my generation, I think, is more aware of uh, of sustainable sustainability, and, and and you have a little bit more money than if you were a student, and um, so you're willing to pay for mm. for the impact. So we thought that was going to be, you know, between twenty five and forty was mm. going to be our target group, and then we realized like actually our biggest target group is between forty and fifty five, okay. which are the ones that have a little bit more disposable income mm -hmm. and a little bit more time to like read about the story. And um, so it depends, like Instagram, of course, is for, for the 25 to 40. 
yeah. or 38, so more or less. Uh, but then on their pop-ups or like in our private events that we do, also do private sales, those are the ones buying the most because they buy it for their daughters, they buy it as a gift, they buy it for them, you know, it's like, yeah. and they love, you know, the story that's Latin America, maybe they know a little bit more or they travel there, so... I mean, we're not doing it only for Latin Americans. Actually, we're doing it for Europe, for for everyone in Europe. Right. But um, so we want everyone to like it. But um, we want everyone to like the story. Yeah. Not mm. just like the product, of course, is the first thing. Yeah. The design, but the story behind it. And then, so we realize like different channels. So private events, um, it's it's helping a lot. Or yeah. the pop-ups yeah. for that part. Yeah. Have you managed to kind of specify it a little bit more than just the age? As a, as a characteristic of your target group and how did how did that happen um it's either people are taking um so it's our our idea like a customer in our mind is, is a girl that travels a little bit mm -hmm. um that likes other cultures because you have to be a little bit boho to like <laughs> our stuff yeah. uh you travel um you don't you buy special things you don't want to be like go to sara and find the same blouse everywhere uh, or jewelry so you want True. to have a little bit something special um you love to f to eat to like you know that you like food and you like to travel i said that already um <laughs> and uh but you're also aware um about you know that uh, that fashion is not just like yeah. a thing but it's like a huge supply chain behind it and that you know that maybe you heard about fashion revolution um or you follow People, you know, like you like to buy organic food. So those are like the trails right. that we're, we're So we're those are, for. that's where you're trying to tap into these communities. Yes. Yeah. So we're trying to yeah. take that consciousness. Well, the things that I learned during my research, the consciousness about food and, 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 and waste, and then translating that into fashion. Yeah. So, but, and then you kind of want to target these people, right? Yes. With pop-up stores, but... Can you give us an example where you started a pop-up store and how you actually managed to bring it right there where these people are? Yes, well, so we are working a lot with influencers. Um, I uh, I wasn't a big fan before, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I follow a couple and one of them I really like, like she's a friend of mine. Um, and uh, she does like travel. And then we realize like they attract a lot of people. So what they wear is very... So we, we find those that like really go with our brands and not just everyone. And then we, we, we see like, you know, where they have the most followers and then we try to do pop-ups there. But we always also have, we're trying to collaborate with other brands, sustainable brands. This is the box that you brought up. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to work with other sustainable brands that already have uh, more traction than we do or like are longer in the market to cooperate with them. So right now in Geneva, for example, we're doing, um, we're doing, we're in a pop-up for two weeks with a brand called, called Pink Maharani. They do cashmere shawls in uh, Kashmir. And um, she works like with every shawl, you you you, um, you sponsor a girl that can keep going to school after she gets her menstruation because it's a big challenge mm -hmm. in India. And um, she, she's been in the social business and, and in Geneva and in Switzerland for a longer time than we've done. She's been four years and very successful. And she opened a pop-up where she invites different sustainable brands every week and yeah. um and then for example this week to make people aware about our pop-up that we're going to be there we work with an influencer and then an event and um so invited people to come and now we have a lot of people coming in um okay. and then so we we try to collaborate as much as we can uh, with restaurants with bars with uh, other social businesses um with organizations so it's it's all about finding you know, collaborations and markets you want to be. Um, so we're going to be in Lausanne in the Good One Hundred Good Festival. Mm -hmm. um, so we were selected one of the one hundred innovators at Tipsense. That's really cool. Nice, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So and then we're going to do a pop up there. So we're yeah. we're trying to go where we find you know this consumers where the people and are. We can yeah. attract them. But yeah. of course, our main channel is the homepage, and this is where we have to. So we're going to be investing more in online marketing. Yeah. And this is where my other brother comes when in. When your brother comes in, okay. And uh, yes, so this. Yeah, I think it sounds like a good combination to, to have the influencers and then the, the offline stores. I mean, you learned you learned people want to touch it, so okay, yes. it needs to be offline. And then you learned, okay, there's already communities of people yes. like that, so let's find influencers in those communities. 
and we just discussed it recently when you choose influencers right you need to select the right one yes it's you can't just take any influencer it needs to be because that influencer is going to be the face of your brand yes <laughs> uh, and you don't want just any person to be the face of your brand and then also the engagement they have with their audience is important yes. i mean you could have a hundred thousand followers but only get three likes on every picture or you have fake followers or you, or you have <laughs> fake followers or you could have a thousand followers but you know you get 500 likes on every post yes. and that's i think that's good thing to look out for when you when you look at yeah this was with the influencers i think um this has been really good for us like building our community um but yeah we we, we, were, we were lucky that we knew like a couple of people that were doing this and um for example one of the girls that started with us um she she just came from from guatemala to switzerland and was trying to build her community here so it was a perfect match you know because Absolutely. we needed to get like you know nice pictures we needed to get some traction and she already had like a really good fan base in guatemala but was trying to build her community here mm. so it was a perfect combination and then my friend in geneva this mexican have in lives in geneva and has a blog about geneva you know it has this connection with us so it's it's we were looking for those you know um right people and then in um in, and and to build you know the community like you were saying we we don't want to have a thousand of course it influences when people say like oh you have more than a thousand uh, ten thousand followers but for us we want people to follow us on instagram because they love our story not because you know so we want people engaged yeah. um, mm -hmm. what do you offer influencers um in return for for them you know opening up to their communities about, about we're learning <laughs> so at the beginning a lot of people were asking for proof products um and I was like, what? I mean, like, you know, because, I mean, it's a social, not completely social, but of course it's a business, first of all, but also it has a social it's a part. So if I'm giving things away, then it means that I'm not going to have, you know, enough yeah, cash exactly. to have other friends. And then, so at the beginning we were like, oh, I don't know, we don't know, but uh, we paid for most of the content. Um, so we, we, we pay them for their, for their time, uh, for taking the pictures. And they can use it in their in their social media, and we use it in the social media. So we right. we agree right. on a on a fee. Um, I think is the is the fairest part, you know, because um, they get like it, it is a lot of work to create content, and um, and I mean for us it's it's a way of marketing. Yep. Um, so we decided that it's the best way to go. So we so you pay for them content. Yeah. You pay for the time, and then for they the photo shoot once or or or. The, how we don't work, work with that many. We work with only a few, yeah. and with those who are paying for the content. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Like yes, as much as we can, of course, because I mean we're also a startup, so the <laughs> the budget is limited, and I don't have my super good paying job anymore. So yeah, no, I mean um, we yeah we're the, we're looking for those where they want to work with us, you know, in long term, um, not just a couple of posts. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, now we're going to start doing our own content as well. As well. Yeah. The dolly we're That's why you have, you, have a, you have a doll here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we have a doll here and yeah. it was pretty interesting seeing that <laughs> in, yeah. our, in our living room. Yeah, no, but uh, the pho photograph is something that um, that's uh, some, one of the, the investments we're going to be doing next year to give it more like this animal soul world feeling, like not just the brand's content, but also kind of giving like our view you know and right. in in the context of switzerland because this is our market so we post a little bit of pictures you know from latin america so people get a bit the vibe but our market is switzerland we want the things to be seen here you know not sure. in latin america mm -hmm. and that people are like oh okay i could use the beer so yeah. yeah so you're 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 connecting latin america and europe we we discussed it earlier how how do the logistics work i mean this importing business might, might sound crazy for you know someone coming out of uni that wants to do something like that but then thinks i i can't do this i don't know how to do it how do i import from another continent yeah. how do you do it uh, and how do you connect to these artists and mm -hmm. how does the whole process work yeah that's um i i i used to have a team that did it for me so i just if i wanted to uh, when I won that tender before and I wanted to sell things in Singapore, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem, right? So I sold, I still closed the contract and someone shipped <laughs> magically the computer to Singapore, to India, to Canada. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is different when you're an entrepreneur. You have to do everything. So, um, so you're the janitor, you're the CEO, you are the logistics manager, and everything, right? At the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so importing, yeah, it was a big challenge. So at first, I had a, a huge uh, suitcase, and uh, yeah, I came through customs with it, <laughs> and that was it. That was the first. But then, of course, the I had I couldn't yeah. go to Colombia every time. I couldn't go to. Um, so we at the moment we're importing with with couriers because we don't have the huge volumes like we're we're more um, in, the, in the clothes business we're still um, only with Isabella and then in the future we're going to start working with someone from Peru who's called Graciela Juan um, but it's only going to be in spring and, and they're importing um, to Europe for us um, so our packages because it's mostly jewelry and accessories are relatively small so the best way for us right now is with couriers mm. um, but then it's again the whole importing things. For example, jewelry, you can't imp just import gold or silver. Like you have to mark it before it even enters the country. And this is something that was completely out of my, <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. And then I was like, oh God, you have to do that. So we have now to stamp things before they get imported in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And um, I think and I think this is why we're super happy to be in Zurich, in Zurich or in Switzerland in, in general. Like here you know things work differently than in latin america <laughs> you can go to you know to the to the customs and ask them like what do i need to do and and then they will tell you and they will give you a handout and they will tell you you need to do this you have to register you have to pay um you have to come you have to come and, and test the things and to see if it's gold or not they tell you and it's for free you know because they don't want like counterfeit products in switzerland yeah. so actually they help you so this is my one of my things. Use use whatever you know institutions we have in Switzerland because they want they're here to help you actually, not to make things different like difficult. In Latin America, that's different. Like <laughs> I want to import now from Colombia to Guatemala because there's like a brand that wants to be in Guatemala, so we're thinking about that. And it's another huge deal, like to get a stamp there. Like I'm waiting for three months. You I know, can really imagine, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's <was> crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's you know, I mean, like. Yeah, yeah, and exporting is not a problem. Like the brands export themselves, so they ship it to me, or sometimes I pick it up with DHL, UPS, whatever. And of course, when we get a bit bigger, um, then we're going to be like thinking about like planning ahead and logistics. But right now, like the, right. the packages are not bigger than the one you brought up. <laughs> and so they arrive here to to your yes, apartment. Yes, my apartment. And then, so if someone orders on the online store on your shop, it depends. It depends. <laughs> depends. depends on the brand. Are you a lawyer? No, that's a yeah, lawyer's well, thing. Yeah, well, I have a very good lawyer. <laughs> no, okay, no, no. so it really depends. Depends on the brand. Some things we have on stock because they are reproducible, oh. and we have a lot of unique pieces. So the, the clothes, they're upcycled, so every piece is unique. So if we have it, we have it, and if it's in your size, you're lucky, and other, otherwise we don't. Like This is the big challenge, of course, as well. But um, So some brands, they're unique pieces. Um, it's like a piece of art. So every... Mm, Every piece is unique. Right. Um, some of the jewelry we have in different sizes, but if you're like a size is not so standard, then we have to have it made. And then we try to bundle the, the, the orders and then you wait for five to six weeks, which until now hasn't been, been a big challenge because people are aware that it's handmade and your piece is made for you. Yeah. So um, it depends. Now we're trying to find those brands that have a little bit more scalable products because it makes it easier to ship and a bit faster. I mean, we're not Galaxus that ships next day, you order today right. and you get it tomorrow. But, um, and, and, and I don't think, you know, we're not in the fast fashion uh, industry, we're in the yes. slow fashion movement. And so our clients still are, are willing to, to wait. Um, so it's, you know, we're learning a lot and mm -hmm. uh, trying to make things a bit easier. Uh, but when we're working with artisans, it's always a challenge because it takes time. Things take yeah. time. And um, yeah. yeah. But so, but so the base is generally your apartment, and then here's not my stock anymore because my husband was going crazy. And I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we started here. Um, when my when my brother lives uh, forty minutes from here, not very far away. Um. So his his. His apartment was the, you know, the, the, base the design it. base and this was like the operations base and uh, we, I used to like go on back and forth and then uh, when we started getting more like inventory, 
I couldn't manage from here. So now I'm with my father-in-law and Kuznak, which <laughs> it's a bit of... So in my husband's old room, uh, now is my stock. So I go... Ah, in his old bedroom. Yeah, so I ship like twice a week and That's then I go... That's also smart use of old bedrooms. Yeah, That's very yeah. cool. We actually had... We were thinking about an idea where we actually wanted to make use of this for the empty nesters kind of like yeah. when the kids moved out right for these rooms and that's actually a smart way storage room for startups it's exactly, really yeah. cool actually because i, I get to uh, my my uh, father-in-law and, and his partner are super nice so i get to go and have a coffee with them a chat and then i pack my things and i and and i can park the car because here in zurich you can't park the car in front so right. it's a logistic issue as well and uh, i'm not that big so uh, carrying a lot of boxes is <laughs> <laughs> So um, no, there it's a bit easier, yeah, and and it's and it's great because they have space and I need space and I don't have a lot of money to be spending on storage, mm -hmm. so I go there, have a coffee, a chat, and then bring my stuff and awesome. It's a good combination at the moment, Works but well. I mean, um, it has the challenges now where we we're going to be outsourcing our our shipment um, probably um, to an organization that's working with people with handicaps, yeah. with a handicap, so that they can pack it and send it and. Uh, because, you know, uh, we want to travel next year to create content in Latin America, visit our distributors. Um, and if I'm not here... Um, yeah, it needs to work without you. Someone no, someone has to ship the packages. And, no. you know, it just, it makes us more, it makes us more independent and... Uh, right. Yeah. When you're growing, you need to, you need to give away some parts yes. of, the, of the yes. value chain. Or, or at least prepare for it. I think um, even if you're not, you know, if you're not there, you have to think about it. Uh, yeah, for What sure. happens if I get a huge order and then... You have to be able mm -hmm. to ship because the oh. worst thing, and I think that's one of the biggest learnings that we had, is if you sell something and you cannot fulfill it, that's the worst thing yeah. that happened. <laughs> so we had pre-orders uh, when we started with the platform, and we didn't have the things here, and we didn't have ex it was our first order with them, and it didn't arrive. So we had to rebuild and refund, and luckily it was friends and family, so it was people we knew well. But imagine that happens; you have one chance. Like, yeah. I've been in customer support before, mm -hmm. so uh, you have one chance. And if you mess that up, it's really, really difficult. So don't promise things yeah. you can't fulfill. Yeah, I think the good thing with, I mean, when you're a startup, I mean, every book says, right, you need to start with, with early adopters, with people who really believe in your story. Yeah. Um, I think one reason for that is exactly because in the beginning, you, you, you probably will mess up something, but these people will still stay with you yes. and because they believe in the story. Part of your story also, uh, you, you mentioned it on the side a bit, it's really you want to have an impact. Yes. And on the website you claim that uh, $1 per purchase uh, goes to educational yes. projects. For people in Europe, uh, who so for $1 you, know, you can't really buy anything, you have some chewing gums. How, how big is that impact? Mm -hmm. And yeah, how can we, we European consumers better understand what that means? Yes, um, so we have a little, I think a picture as well there, uh, what $1 means, what you can do with $1, uh, one franc actually. Um, so we are working with, I mean, all our brands have a social impact, most of them, not like, you know, it, it could be just craftsmanship and teaching the, and like we're working with jewelers that are teaching others to create that and to maintain, you know, the traditional hand, like um, craftsmanship of, of the jewelry. So this is maybe their impact, you know, like teaching others and maintaining that. Maybe others are women in power, as I, as I mentioned. So yeah. all our brands have this impact, but we wanted to create our impact of our own. Mm. Um, so we wanted to give something back to Latin America, not just, you know, buying. And then, of course, it's a business. So we're not an NGO, we're a business. Yeah. And this has to work from the business side. But we wanted to have an impact of our own. And, and for me, education is one of the most important things in changing Latin America, because, uh, I mean, Guatemala, for example, 38% illiteracy, mm. crazy. Mm. So if we don't change that part, like it's not going to get better, you know, like people are still going to be poor and the rich are going to get richer and nothing in between is going to happen. And then, so we wanted to have like our impact of our own. And then this is why we uh, partner with uh, Lichutam, which is an organization that works in rural areas in Guatemala, providing scholarships um, to kids and they're, I mean, they're doing, you know, a lot of IT studies with them because normally the problem that you have is that primary school is covered by the government, but uh, secondary school isn't. And then the kids stop going to school because they have to pay for it and the families need the income somehow and then, then the kids work it with them in the fields yeah. and they stop going to school and then, of course, then the 
the circle of poverty continues because they didn't go to school and have better chances. They continue, you know, and then yeah. have not access to IT or the school. Secondary school is super, super far away. So it takes them like an hour to get there and it's dangerous for kids, you know, so we wanted to invest in education and in this project that we're working with and this is one of the first projects we we're going to work we want to have like a project in every country so that you if you buy something from colombia you spend something in colombia yeah. you know so but at the, at the moment in guatemala because that's yeah. our biggest mark like yeah. our biggest supplier market and um so what they're doing is they're, they build a school in this super rural area and they get um most in germany so they, they are based in hamburg yeah. uh, and in guatemala and then they, they create scholarships for these kids to school, stay at school and then they uh, complete the first secondary school and then they have um, also kind of like the college preparation and they teach them a lot of IT skills which are super, I mean, important. like it's super important and in the super rural areas and they teach them about IT so these kids have the opportunity to go even to online universities or go to the city or... Yeah. So it's, awesome. it's like a, it's not the basic education, but it's like a secondary school that we think is very important. Um, so for every do uh, franc, like every purchase that you do, one franc goes into that. And they, they calculated that with 12, you can sponsor like a month, you know, and this education with 12 francs, which is for us is nothing. Right. And for them it's life changing. So, um, it's a hamburger. It's a hamburger. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. So one hamburger at McDonald's is... It's oh, 12, 12 hamburgers is a month education for a kid, you know, with everything, like with books and, and meals, because that's another big issue. Yeah. 12 uh, things, yeah. And then they get to get a higher education. And um, so we're, we're doing that. And, and I mean, we're, we're doing the, the, the payments like every half year. Yeah. Um, so we get the money and then we, we, we ship it um, to, to, like we transfer it to Wherever. to yeah. And the time is a really cool organization, and they, and they do a lot of like very transparent, you know, like what they how they implement it, and yeah. so like the NGOs that we want to be working with in the future. I think um, that's great. That's super nice. Yeah. 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 So we we talked about many different topics yes. now, right? <laughs> what was your biggest challenge so far, and maybe also the learning out of it, or is there another very big learning for yourself for your entrepreneurial journey? Kind of? My biggest challenge, yeah, the biggest challenge was to start. I think um, to do, I, like the process you kind of described, process, like getting yes. out of your normal job and get going with it. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have a really cool uh, picture with my brothers where I had like my my parents gave me a store. It was called Tienda Karin, a store mm -hmm. Karin, um, when I was like eight, and I loved it. Like it was, I had like Miro products even Switzerland, <laughs> like the <laughs> mini miniature, and I, I always liked it. And 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 when I went to university, I was studying like. Learning about entrepreneurship, but I, I didn't have the courage to do it. I didn't have the big idea, you know. Like everyone tells you, you have to have this big idea, and you know the next Facebook or the next whatever, and and you're waiting for it. It doesn't come, and then you're like, okay, oh, good. And then I think the biggest challenge for me was just to start. And then I remember I, I met someone who just said like the best way to start is just to take the the first step. And and of course I, I was lucky this year, but I was super unlucky as well. So we had a lot of challenges. But I think you know I was this first step and I think I had a lot of support from my friends and my family and you know like just go for it and and then when you have this encouragement and I mean I'm lucky that I have it some people might not have it but I think if you have this intrinsic like willingness to do something um, even if it doesn't have an impact if you just want to sell stuff you know I don't know but if you really want to do it you just have to take the first step and, and then things start kind of evolving and then you start meeting people that will help you with this and this and maybe you learn and maybe that's not working but you just take like one t step at a time and then things just and I hope you know that this is our first step for something huge like we don't want to be like super huge but we want to you know have an impact and that this things that we have in mind actually work but uh, mm -hmm. this has been the steps and I think that was the biggest challenge but also the biggest learning I mean I've learned in the last I mean, March is not so long ago, but I've learned so much about everything, you know, about importing, about <laughs> logistics, how to choose the best carton, how to, you know, like jewelry, clothes, textiles, whatever. And so many, so many Financing, whatever I would, my friend who's uh, doing my bookkeeping, which is a really good friend from university, um, and she starts talking like, how do I book this? I'm like, I have no idea. I studied business, but I never worked in this. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge is to learn all the things you need to do, but 
my solution is look for whatever people you have in your environment and and get the best help you can get because you're not going to be able to do everything by yourself it's impossible like yeah. i don't even get to answer my emails you've seen it because i have so many things to do at the moment and i'm traveling a lot and doing this and having calls and here and you you won't be able to do it by yourself so having a team is essential so i i'm really lucky that i have like really cool people around me um and like my brothers are helping me so much and especially my husband is helping me and my, my dad is my mentor you know so it's, it's, it's a big like, family business it's a, coming no, up. But it's a friends and family business but it's, it's also awesome. tough because it's family and business so sometimes mm-hmm. you can't you know i'm i used to work with people that were not my family so i i was like no this is not working in this and this is this is tough it's not easy it's not easy and then maybe you have brothers but still you have friends and and you have to work with people you trust definitely people you trust and people that you know how they work and uh, let them do their thing because if you're trying to micro control everything that's yeah not that doesn't work. work that doesn't work and so yeah that's been probably the biggest learning and challenge it's a, it's a good one yeah. yeah just take the first step a yes. small step if it yeah whatever whatever it is take a step and then Google you're something then you're kind of on it right yeah, yeah and it starts to it starts to develop. I mean, we're, we're, I'm a, now we're like, um, what was the name? So, because it was the the fastest way to start a business. Um, right. That's the type of legal entity it's that you chose. A, it's super easy. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's perfect for that. You can just start. You don't even have to register until you don't do like a, a, a couple of thousand, hundred yeah. thousand. Or yeah. you don't have to... I, I registered by myself to the marriage drive because I thought I was going to get it back and now I know it's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and now we're going into the game uh, game on next year, so the... That's a limited, limited, yes. limited uh, because liability. Because yeah. we're looking for investors and, and if you want investors, you, not, you need to have some... Yeah, another structure. Some, yeah. Another structure, of course, and uh, because we want to take Animasol to the next level now and um, and we want to go to Germany, which is our market that we would like to go in as, as next, because I think people there are a bit more um, risk-taking in terms of clothes. <laughs> we were in Berlin yeah, and we yeah. realized like, this is our market. Is our- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, we love Switzerland, it's perfect, because yeah. people are very aware, you know, this is, this is really, the, the social part and, 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 and people willing to pay a little bit more is perfect in Switzerland. But in Berlin, people, or Germany, people are a bit more risk-taking in, in yeah. terms of clothes and so, this is the next step, but um, but Germany is a huge market, so we rather learn a lot in Switzerland, and then yeah. I mean ju- just Geneva is like a like another country, you know things work differently. I don't speak yeah. very well French, so but it's a really cool market as well. So we're learning here before take we wanted to go to Germany, yeah, step back, and then I realized like okay, this is not, not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> step back, breathe. <laughs> no. So looking back at. Yeah. It feels like it really feels like even after this conversation, like it was a year. Yeah, it feels or, like or that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah. Some other things happened at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, looking back, what what would you do differently? I would meet all my distributors first this time. I work with people that I didn't know, mm-hmm. and that didn't turn out great. Well, with ninety five percent, it worked with five yeah. months. Yeah. Um, because. We're selling, you know, I knew the products, but I didn't know the person. And I, I thought, yeah, you know, it's just like, I'm so, just selling the products, but I'm selling stories. Mm. And even as an accountant before, like, the, you know, you can have the best product in life, in the, like in the world. But if, if the chemistry is not working, it's not working. So I, I work with references, you know, people that knew I know the product, I know the person. Oh, yeah, she will ship your stuff and whatever. And then. But the human component, even in online business, is so important. So if it's, you know, it's, if it, you have to know your distributors, you have to know who you're working with, it has to work. So this is why I went to Mexico, because I wanted to get to know the people. And, and this is something, you know, in a fast moving world, you think, ah, oh, whatever, emails and, and telephone, that will work. But no, you know, the human connection is important. And um, that, that is the, maybe the only thing I would have done differently. Um, yeah. All the other That's things I didn't even, I didn't even know what were happening. I you know, it just, <laughs> yeah, right. no, nothing else. But that that is something I think is important. Know your distributors. Work with someone you wa- you, you yeah. actually like and respect. Yeah. Why are you hopeful for the future of your startup? One yeah, thing. Yeah, that we are um, 
then we're successful. <laughs> no, I want, I want, you know, I, I don't want to become like this huge company. Um, again, because we're in a slow fashion. So, I mean, I, I want to be a gateway for this brands to be able to grow and to be there in the next year. So I want to make it the next three years so that our business plan that I still have in my mind because that's not perfect. Um, I want, I want to be here in the next three years. I want it to grow. Um, I want people to know it and I, and I want people to love the things that they buy so that they recommend it to others and come again. Um, yeah. yes. And I just, I want, yeah, that's the, what's what I'm hopeful for. And I, I, I really, I, I really hope that, you know, that, um, that we, we have an impact and, yeah. uh, and, um, both. Well, you already do. I'm really happy like it, I, it's it's really it's it's been great like it's been intense wow like really intense um it's not been like the chill time that I thought I was going to have <laughs> that's also a learning for everyone listening uh, it's not chill no Just not at all ready, but uh, no, it's but fulfilling it's fulfilling it's it's you know you're lo- you're doing what you love and I, I met with um a really I know you know you know the word Meraki. No, Meraki no. is a, a word in Greek uh, that says that um, it's it's work with passion and love mm-hmm. and it's not work you know it's 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 a really cool I, I don't know exactly that but I, I met with a, a girl yesterday called Meraki Community in Geneva and she was saying like it's just like you know what people are, love what they do is not work it's just it's what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. And it doesn't feel like that, you know, like I, yeah, long hours, traffic and jams, you know, going to Geneva because I need the car to bring the stuff and, and, uh, you know, light nights and a lot of things and not holidays. I was in Mexico, I was working, but you still get to be in Mexico. So, um, yeah, yeah, managing your own time. um, But it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling, yeah. Mm -hmm. But of course you have a lot of doubt, like how I'm... How are we gonna make it with the money this month? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. But um, things will come, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe let's jump to the last question. Yeah? Yes. Yes. What is a book or a movie or an article or whatever you would recommend to entrepreneurs? I actually, it's probably very cliche, and a lot of girls say this, but I read "Lean In" from Sheryl Sandberg. It's um, Lean I mean, in? Lean, Lean In from Sheryl from Sandberg. Sandberg. Okay. Um, I, I'm super like pro women. I'm not. I'm not a feminist. Like I, not, it's, but I, I, I'm, I, I really believe that women have a lot of potential that they haven't exploded. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just this book was so open. You know, like she's the CEO of Facebook, and uh, yeah, maybe not the most social company. Well, it's the social network. It's a yeah, social it's, network. Yeah. Uh, Facebook aside, I think she's very famous. She's she's, she's amazing at empowerment books. women, and she has this whole lean and. Movement as well, and I read the book, and I, I, I already, you know, I already, I'm, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of issues, you know, in my career because I was treated as my brothers, and the, so, but I think a lot of women have like this, you know, self doubts, and that you, you think like, oh, I'm not gonna make it, and how do I like, I'm the only girl in, in the room, which happened to me a lot, you know, in IT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> she was so, and, and and she was also in this world, so I was working still then on IT, and then, um. Just, you know, just be yourself. Like, you're a girl, act like a girl. Like, like that actually helps. Like, for me, like, and, and then it was a really cool book just to read an honest, like, explanation that everyone feels scared, that, like, you, you mess up, that you're probably not going to be the smartest person in the room. And it's okay. You're you, you know? And just, just be yourself, get yourself out there, have your voice. So I really love that book. Yeah, cool. And now she wrote the second one. It's called Option B. Uh, it's super cool. Is it good? Yeah, well, it's super sad as well because her husband dies and then it's about oh, like option oh. B in life, but it's about building resilience yeah. and how you get off of a horrible situation and like turn it into something positive, which we did like as a family this year. And um, so I think, you know, it's, it's she's very good and she writes very honestly and uh, so you kind of identify yourself. So yeah. lean in on op- or option B. Yeah, awesome. Be we'll definitely cool. link... Uh, some link yeah yeah uh, yeah she has a really cool yeah. community and uh, yeah. she's also on yeah. facebook yeah. <laughs> no, i'm a huge fan <laughs> yeah definitely and, and to the fear you said you, yeah you might not be the s- smartest person in the, in the room there's also a saying saying if you're the smartest person in the room you're you're in the wrong room exactly yeah. right because you can't learn anything from the others that's true yeah. so there's always <laughs> you know something that you can yeah. you can use from that 
Thanks so much. Thank you. That was our last question. Yeah. Uh, you uh, passed the test. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Thank you. It was it was really amazing. It's always super nice to hear the stories of, of entrepreneurs and they're always very different from each other. Yes, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> no, that was very entertaining, you. very educational for me at least. So thanks a lot and yeah, a lot of success for anyone. Thanks. All the best. Huh? Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Startup Stories brought to you by the Nerd Entrepreneurs. If you want to check out the books that Karin recommended, just check out the show notes, scroll down on your podcast app and you'll have the links right there. If you feel like giving us feedback and making this podcast better, click on the last link and just leave a short note and we'll come right back at you with it. We recently also started writing blog posts for every episode, so if you prefer reading, just go to nerdentrepreneurs.com and check out our blog posts about every episode. And if you're still listening and like what we're doing, please click subscribe on your podcast app. That really means a lot. It shows that people care and that we should continue doing what we do. Thanks so much. Have an amazing 2019 and see you next week on Monday. Cheers.